Good morning. I'm glad to see you again. And I am really excited to be here this first Sunday of 2020. Uh, this morning is a little bit of a role reversal. Today is Next Step to Membership, and that's an opportunity for people to come and find out more about Cedar Creek Church, who we are, what we're all about, our mission and our vision. And typically, I have the thrill and the joy of leading that class, but since I'm preaching today, Pastor Philip volunteered to lead that class, so now he's going back to way back when he got to lead that class, and I get to stand here where he normally does. So it's just an honor as always, and I know I speak about it all the time, but it's such an honor to stand here to be able to share God's Word with you. And I take that so seriously and appreciate so much a pastor that gives campus pastors an opportunity to come and to share. So with that being said, you came in and you got a card today, and on your card it was blank. So you probably either think, okay, this cat has nothing to say to us, or we're going to get out of here early. Well, neither of those really are true, because I do have something to tell you, and you might get out a little bit earlier, but you're not getting out too early, because I, I just am passionate about what God's laid on my heart today. What we actually did is give our media guys some time off, and so instead of bombarding them with sermon notes this week, we just said, hey, at all the campuses, just give us blank cards, and we'll take it from there. So that's the reason you received the blank card when you came in today. So you just need to know, as the first Sunday of each year, this is always a very strategic Sunday, because it's a time when you can either look back or you can look forward. Um, and so for me, I started praying, God, where do you want me to go with the message on that first Sunday in January? And really felt like God was speaking to me saying, I want you to talk about 2020, but we're going to kind of go back and forth. So this morning I've entitled the message 2020, the same old, same old question mark. So maybe jot that down on your card just so you remember what we're talking about today. But I just started really thinking about what's different and what will be different about 2020? Because the reality is, what was different about 2019 from 2018? Think about your own life. Were there a lot of differences from 2019 to 2018? Will there be a lot of differences from 2019 to 2020? And that's what I want us to focus on today. Is this just going to be the same old, same old year? Or is this going to be a different year for us? And so I would just ask you to write this question down. What's different in your life this past year from the previous year. What's different in your life from 2019 to 2018? And then we're going to be looking forward into 2020 in just a moment. Really, what's been different in your life the last two, three, four, five? What's really been different about your life the last two, three, four, five years? Are you still dealing with the same issues and challenges and struggles? Are you still looking for meaning and hope and purpose in this thing called life? Have you asked yourself, why don't things ever change? Have you ever slowed down enough to really think about that? And, and I would challenge you maybe to jot that down and to ponder that question, why don't things change in my life? I know for some of you sitting here, you're thinking, well, this message isn't for me, man. My life is good, and I'm on course, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to. For you, that is awesome, and I'm thrilled. But I'm afraid for many of the rest of us that we would say, you know what, I'm kind of in a rut and I'm stuck and I don't know how things can change and why aren't they changing? And as I started thinking about that, just a few things came to my mind. One of the things that came to my mind was things aren't changing because we keep doing the same old, same old. We keep doing the same things over and over again. And if we're doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results, you know what that's called, right? insanity, okay? And that's where a lot of us are. We're insane right now because nothing's changing. We're frustrated. We're aggravating. But the problem is we're doing the same things over and over again. 
Or maybe for you this morning, it's just too busy. You have children, you have grandchildren, you have a job, you have a family, you have other commitments, and so much is weighing down on you and pushing in on you that you feel like nothing can change because you're simply trying to survive. Maybe for somebody else, you're just not committed. You're just not committed to change. That's become very real to me really in just the last few days. I was kind of excited that on my belt that I was like in the very last belt loop, okay? And I don't know if you can see this this morning, but I'm not in the last belt loop anymore. I've shifted over one to the left, which means between Thanksgiving and Christmas, this big boy's put on a few pounds, and I need to lose those. I'm not happy with where I am. I want to drop those pounds. And the problem is until I get committed to doing that, which will start tomorrow, unfortunately, nothing's going to change. I'm going to keep moving belt loops. So maybe that's why nothing seems to change in your world from year to year because you're not committed to it. Or what about this? Maybe you just don't know how. Maybe you would say, Danny, I know things need to change, but I just don't know how to make that happen. Or a final one I thought about is maybe things aren't changing simply because your focus is wrong. You're trying to change things that don't need to be changed, and you're trying to look at things that don't need to be looked at, and God's saying, here's where I need your attention, here's where I need your focus, and you're just missing it. And you may have your own idea of why things aren't changing, but the reality is for a lot of us, things just aren't changing. What needs to be different in 2020 for your life to change? Maybe you think, I need to be more disciplined. Maybe you think, I need a life coach and that'll help me. Or I need to change my priorities or I need to work harder. And all of those absolutely could be part of what needs to happen. But the reality is, I don't think they're the root of what needs to happen. I don't think the root of changes in your life are in those things. I think they're in what we're going to be talking about today is the key to 2020 being a different year for you. You know, as we examine our lives in the beginning of a new year, it might be good to focus on these couple questions. Why does it seem like my life always ends up in the same place? And the other question is, why isn't my life producing like it should be, producing like God wants it to produce? So I want you to keep those in the back of your mind as we go through uh, the message today. And I want to offer you this truth, so I'll ask you to write this down. This is going to come throughout the entire message as I'm speaking today. This is the truth I want you to get. Bearing fruit produces a changed life. Bearing fruit produces a changed life. When you and I get to the place where our lives bear the fruit that we're going to talk about in just a few moments, then our lives will change. It's not that it's going to get easier. It's not that it's going to somehow take the super focus and it's going to get a lot simpler and less complicated. I'm not saying that, but what I'm telling you is as we bear fruit, changes will happen in our life. And what am I talking about here? When our lives begin, when our lives begin to produce what God has planned for them, things will change. And I want to make you this promise today. God has a plan for every single one of your lives. Some of you feel like your life is pretty well put together and you're on a good course and that is great and I applaud you, continue the journey, that's wonderful. There's others of us sitting here today that we would say, Danny, my life is an absolute mess. Uh, There is no way that God could care about me. I think God's forgotten about me. I've broken his heart too many times. I've made him angry too many times. And what I would tell you is this, that is simply a lie from the devil. But you are not too far from God. God will always meet you where you are, and he will take you, if you will allow him, to the place that he has planned for you. That's your decision, and that's my decision to do that. But what I will tell you today is God absolutely has plans for you, and those plans include that you would bear fruit. 
It's so easy for us, and it's easy for me, I'll tell you this, to really stop and think, you know what, if I take control of this situation, if I take control of this area of my life, things are going to turn out okay, and they never turn out okay when I try to be in the driver's seat of my life. It always turns out, at the time I may not realize it, but it always turns out for good when I've allowed God to do that. When I'm in the driver's seat, it never works out that way. So what I want you to know is that God absolutely has plans and purposes for your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. He has things planned in our life. He's not a God that's haphazard and just things happen in our lives by coincidence. We're walking with him. He has plans and he has purposes, and you need to know that. And he created you so he knows you better than anybody else. As a matter of fact, before I even get into what I really want to talk about, I want to talk about that for just a moment, that God does know you better than anybody else. And Psalm 139 says this in verses 13 through 16. Just listen closely as I read these. You made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Listen to this. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God knows you. God knows you well. God knew you from the beginning of time. God knew you before time existed. God knew, and he's marked out in his book. This is what he says. Every day of your life was recorded in his book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I'm 51 years old, and it amazes me to think that God, before time even began, had every single day of the 51 years of life that I've lived planned out, and he has every day from this day until he calls me home planned out. He's a God of plan. He's a God of purposes. He's a God that has certain things that he wants to happen and wants to take place in all of our lives. And these verses are written about every single one of us. Nobody in this room, nobody on live stream is excluded from this. These verses are written to us from God. You matter to him and he has plans for your life and he knows you better than anybody else. So if bearing fruit produces a changed life, I want to take a little bit of time and explore that from the person, again, who knows us better than anybody else, and that's God. And I'll do that by looking at John 15, verses 5 through 8, some verses you're probably very familiar with if you've been in the church for very long at all. So just listen to these verses as I read them. And God's Word says this, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then dropping down to verse 8, he says, When you produce much fruit, you are true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And what you need to understand is Jesus is just writing to his disciples. And he's talking about the importance of staying connected to him. If your life's going to matter, if your life's going to make a difference, if your life's going to have meaning, he's saying, you've got to stay connected to me. And so what he does is he uses something that people in this time would understand well. He uses an agricultural illustration. And he basically talks about the vine and the branch. So what I want us to do today is take a few minutes and just pick those verses apart and just see exactly what it is he's telling his disciples because I think those same things he's telling us and these are the very things that are going to make 2020 a year different than anything else if we're willing to stay connected to him. So let's go ahead and dive in. The first thing I have you write down is this. 
Really simply, Jesus is the vine. And he tells us right in the scripture, yes, I am the vine. Let's talk about that for a minute. I think we all know the importance of the vine. We know that the vine is what gives the branches their life. And when the vine's not healthy, the branches will never be healthy either. This came really to fruition to me some months back. When I read this, I went right back to this. I had a tree in my yard for the longest time. You know, I don't know why I thought it was a banana tree. It didn't produce bananas, but somewhere I figured it had these big old huge beautiful leaves on it, and maybe I heard or dreamt or something that this was a banana tree. All that being said, I decided a while back I needed to get rid of this beautiful thing because it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'll never forget that when I started cutting it back and I got past this really, really beautiful layer of green, of green um, leaves on that thing, I noticed something, and that was that there were a bunch of dried up dead branches all over the place under these leaves. And what I started figuring, and this is, I'm not an agricultural person at all, but what I started figuring is either too much water was getting to this plant because of where it was, or more than likely the sun was not getting to this plant like it needed to. As a result of that, these branches had withered, had died, and what I began to realize is it wasn't just the branches. When I followed them back, I found out that the vine itself is what had withered, and they broke off very easy. They were fragile because they weren't getting the nutrients that they needed. Uh, again, that's my best guess is what, is what was happening. But nonetheless, the branches weren't healthy because the vine wasn't healthy. And so this, when I started reading this, really started making sense to me, the importance of that vine. And Jesus tells us, I am the vine. One commentator says this, and I love this, as the vine imparts to it branches sap and productiveness, so Christ infuses into his followers his own divine strength and life that Jesus imparts to us as we stay connected to him, the vine. He provides strength and life to us. How important that is for us as we're looking forward into 2020. God, what do you want to do in my life? God, what do you want to change in my life? What God would say to you is stay connected to the vine. Don't do this on your own. Don't trust yourself. Yes, your family is important. Yes, your friends are important. Yes, they can pour into you. But the most important thing that you need to do is stay connected to the vine, stay connected to Jesus. That's the first thing. Then we find out in these verses, not only is Jesus the vine, but we are the branches. So point two, we are the branches. And Jesus says that in verse five. He simply says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. A branch, that word actually, is simply a shoot of a vine or it's a vine sprout. So it's something that's coming directly off of that vine. The branch only exists because of the vine. Think about that for a minute. The only reason that branch would ever exist on a tree or plant is simply because there's a vine that's pumping life and pumping energy and pumping nutrients in to, into that branch. That's the only way. If there were no vine, there wouldn't be a branch. When I cut the vine, all the branches die. Again, this came really clear to me in, in a crepe myrtle, and I know I have a crepe myrtle, so no questions on that. I have two of them in my yard, and I'm one of those that when you put a pair of shears in my hand, um, I'm just going to flat, I'm going to take something down to where there's nothing left on it, and I'll just see what happens. If it makes it great, if it doesn't, hey, we'll plant something else. Well, these two crepe myrtles in my yard, if you went to my house right now, you would see what I'm talking about. They look like stalks. There is nothing there on those vines at all. But what I know is going to happen is in the spring, uh, all of a sudden, those are going to begin to get branches. And before long, I'm going to be cutting those because they're going to be growing into my house. They're going to be growing onto my fence. They're going to grow like crazy. 
And they're going to grow like crazy because those branches are connected to a vine and those vines are going to make them grow. What I found out is this also. When I can cut a branch and the vine is still perfectly fine, the vine will continue to produce. If I ever cut the vine, then I'm in trouble because not only will the vine die, but the branch is going to die. And when I think about my own life, when I cut off my fellowship, my relationship with Jesus, I stop focusing on that, I'll stop giving it my time and my attention, then all of a sudden, as a branch, I begin to die. And man, does that happen, and I'll talk about that more in just a moment. But it's critical that we understand that we're the branches, and we are absolutely dependent upon that vine. And we go outside of that, we get into trouble. I want you to remember that the branch comes from the vine. That means that you and I are a shoot or you and I are a sprout from Jesus and we get our life from him. It's nothing that we do. I'm also reminded in John 1 that Jesus says this, the word, Jesus, gave life to everything. That's where my life comes from. It doesn't come from Danny. It doesn't come from other people. My life, my meaning, my hope, my purpose comes directly from Jesus who is the vine. So when we're connected as branches to Jesus, we bear fruit and our lives begin to change. And 2020 will change as you and I stay connected to God, connected to Jesus. Let me go to the third thing. Life's meaning comes from staying attached to Jesus. Life's meaning, at its very purest form, life's meaning comes from staying attached to Jesus. And he tells us again in the verse, in verse 5, he tells us clearly that <clears throat> as we remain in him and I am them, you will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So remaining in him is something that Jesus liked to talk about a lot, and it was important to him. That picture is of abiding with him, or it's uh, being able to stay with him. And that's what Jesus wants us to do, abide, to stay in fellowship with him, stay connected with him. And that happens, if you, if, again, if you've been a believer for long at all, you know how that happens. It happens through Bible study. It happens through memorizing Scripture. It happens through prayer. It happens through worship. It happens through fellowship with other believers. There's a lot of spiritual disciplines that go into us staying connected. Here at Cedar Creek, another big piece of that is not only the growth we do personally, but it's the growth that we do within home groups. And we talk about this all the time, but again, you got to understand, this is vital. If you're not doing life with other believers, and you're not being challenged spiritually and learning and growing from other believers, that's one place you're going to be weak. That's one place you're not staying connected to the vine. And if you're trying to do this on your own, man, you're going to get tired and you're going to get weary and you're not going to have people to push you and to encourage you and to help you grow. And again, that's why we're about home groups, doing life together, the good, the bad, the struggles. It's also about growing closer to God and taking those next steps closer to him. So for us to remain, to remain with him, we've got to stay attached to him. We've got to abide with him. We do that through those spiritual disciplines and through home groups to name just a few things. And I want you to notice what happens when we stop doing that. This verse says, apart from me, you can do nothing. When you and I begin to pull away from Jesus, this is a big point right here, then all of a sudden we're able to do nothing, nothing that, that really matters, nothing that really has tremendous value are we able to do because when we live apart from him, we lack meaning, we lack hope, we lack purpose because we're not connected to the one who brings those things to our lives. So we get sidetracked when we begin to look at things and believe things that aren't true and pursue things that don't bring true meaning to our life. We're searching for that substitute instead of searching for the real thing. 
You know, for me, this came very clear. It's hard to believe 30 years ago, I was in my 20s. I just, gosh, I mean, life is going by so fast. But as a 21-year-old student, um, really from 20 to 22 weren't the best years of my life staying attached to the vine. Um, I had a youth pastor that poured into me. I was walking with Jesus and loving Jesus through my high school days. And I got to college, and like so many people, I decided, you know what? I am the boss of my life. I am pretty smart. I'm a, a young adult. I've got this thing taken care of. And for me, it wasn't just crazy wild living or anything else. I just slowly stopped spending time with God. I slowly stopped going to church like I should have. I slowly stopped allowing people to pour into my life. And one of the things I gradually noticed is I moved further and further away from God. And as I moved further and further away from God, I began to notice there was just a lack of contentment in my life. I wanted more. I was looking for more. Something wasn't right. There was just an unrest in my life. And it was during some really, really tough days around the age of 22 of having to deal with some consequences in my life of dumb decisions that I'd made that God captured my heart again and reminded me, stay connected to the vine. Yes, you can cut yourself off. And yes, you can go live however you want to live. God will give you that opportunity. He gave me that opportunity to do that, but it's not his passion. It's not his desire. And when we do that, I promise you there are consequences for doing that. We choose to do that. And so we have to understand that if our life is going to have true meaning, that's going to come when we stay attached to him. And again, I lived that out as a college student and found out what that was really all about. The fourth thing I would share with you today is this, that producing fruit is the result of being in relationship with Jesus. Pretty, pretty common sense thing there based on what we're talking about today, but producing fruit is a result of being in a relationship with Jesus. And this is not natural. It's not natural to produce fruit that Jesus wants you to produce. It's not natural to be in a relationship with him. The world will try to pull us away from that. But I want to read you some verses that I think do a great job of illustrating this fruit and how Jesus is the reason and how that happens. And it comes from Galatians 5, verses 16 through 22. So just listen as I read these verses. A lot of truth here. Jesus says this, um, or Paul says this. He says, so I say... Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. Now listen to this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Now, as I read those verses to you, what I want you to understand is that What's being talked about here is a life that we choose to live, a life that I would choose to live, leads to that first list of things, emptiness, brokenness, sinfulness. We surrender to Jesus Christ, and we allow him to be the Lord of our life, and we stay connected to him instead of that life of selfishness and sinfulness that I just read to you. Instead, God wants to produce love, joy, 
and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Those are the things that he wants to be producing in us. And as he's able to produce those things in us, all of a sudden, then our lives begin to change. And it's crazy how that works. Let me tell you how that works, just in one area. Several weeks ago, I shared with you about a message on reconciliation. I talked to you about my birth father. And I said to you, um, you know, in that message, and, and I preached it, and sometimes I struggle, and sometimes I don't take God at his word, but I still will preach his word, even though sometimes I struggle with it. And one of the things I told you in that message is that as we are willing to be obedient to God, that he will fight our battles for us. And I knew I needed to reconcile with my dad. And on the Sunday morning that I preached that, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do to reconcile. And I was praying through that. And God helped me understand that I really didn't want to preach that message. I just, I just, I was struggling with it. Monday night, my birth father called my brother. And he said, Mitch, why did you not call me and tell me about your prostate cancer surgery? And with that, um, my brother is not quite as tactful as I am. And my brother unloads on my dad. Um, just about the journey that we've been on with him, and he's not been there for us. And just really, I don't want to rehash that, but just shares a lot with him. And all of a sudden, my dad comes back, and he calls me Tuesday or Wednesday of that week and says, you know, we need to get, get together, we need to talk. Over Christmas, we got together, all of the children, met with my dad and my stepmom, and really began to form that relationship. But I was reminded that God fought that battle for me. I was standing up here saying, I need to do this, and praying, God, what am I supposed to do? And God stepped in and said, Danny, you're giving this to me. I'm going to take care of this. And my brother did it, and my brother was fine to do that. And this relationship has moved on. And it doesn't always happen that way, but I was just reminded of this thing. With Jesus, he takes care of things, and he produces fruit in our lives, and he begins to change our life. And it's not on us. It's on him to do that as we surrender and stay connected to him. Just like as I was faithful and I prayed and I sought him, God took that from me and said, I'm going to take care of this for you. I'm going to change your world. And he was so faithful to do that. What we need to know is that we bear fruit, um, so much of our lives will be taken care of. The things that bother us, the things that weigh us down, the things that cause us to lose focus, when we bear fruit, God takes care of that, and he begins to work those things out in our life. The last thing I'll share with you is this, that living like we were created to, which is bearing fruit, honors and pleases God. And again, the verses tell us very clearly that's what happens, that when you and I bear fruit, we are God's true disciples, and that brings great glory to the Father. Why does it bring glory to God when we live like that? Because we're becoming who God created us to be. When you bear fruit and I bear fruit, we're becoming more and more and more like Jesus, and that honors him. And there's something really cool when you see people reach their potential, whether it's in athletics and they begin to reach their potential, a boy or a girl or a man or a woman. Maybe it's in a career someone begins to reach their potential. It's so exciting to watch that happen. Maybe it's academically that happens. There's just something sweet whenever you see somebody begin to reach their potential in whatever area that is, and God would say, hey, that's sweet to me. That's awesome. When I see you beginning to reach your potential of who I've created you to be, that's a blessing. And a byproduct of that, a byproduct of pleasing God, of honoring God is as we're bearing fruit, our lives are changed. We're becoming more and more like Jesus. He's directing us more and more. So that byproduct of pleasing him and bearing fruit, it all of a sudden opens up the door for our lives to be changed. So what am I saying today as I share all this with you? Just real quickly, if I had to summarize it, I would say this to you. 
If you want changes to come into your life this year, it's going to begin. The starting point of that is going to be Jesus. The starting point of those changes is going to be when we surrender and we stay connected to the vine, then those changes begin to happen. He's going to produce the changes that will bring you true meaning and true contentment, and it all starts when we start bearing fruit because we're staying connected to him. So just a few questions as I wrap up. Will you begin to allow God to change you? And I have to ask you that question because God won't force it on you. You have to say to God, God, I want you to change me. God, I want 2020 to be different. I don't want 2020 to be a same old, same old. I want this year to be different. I want to make an impact. I want you to breathe life into me. I want it to be different for me personally. Will you allow him to do that? Will you sacrifice? Um, And you're going to have to sacrifice to bear fruit, to have these things in your life as work. We're willing to work at so many other things in our life. When it comes to spiritual things, we want those things to just happen really, really quickly, and it doesn't work that way. It takes work like everything else, and as we work and as we uh, put our hand to the plow, then God blesses that and honors that, and that transformation begins to take place. And then the last thing, will you allow this to be your best year ever, or will this just be the same old, same old? In 2021, if Pastor Philip gives me the opportunity to speak and we look back at this year, will you say to me, Danny, you know what? 2020 was the same old, same old. Or will you look at me and you say, you know what, Danny? I got connected to the vine. My life began to bear fruit. God changed my world, and here's what happened. And you'll have a testimony of how God changed this coming year for you. So my passion and my desire for you and my passion and desire for myself is that we understand in a new way the importance of staying connected to that vine of Jesus. And as long as we'll do that, as long as we'll stay connected to him, we're going to bear the fruit that he so passionately desires. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to come to you and thank you for our time today. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the truth that comes from your word. And this morning, I especially am grateful as we've had an opportunity just to look for a few moments at the importance of bearing fruit. And when I think about my life and I think about the lives of other people, those changes come as we stay connected to you because the things of this world come at us so fast and so hard, we can lose focus, we can become distracted. Father, it's easy to lose course, but as long as we're connected to the vine, we'll always know the direction we need to know to go. You'll show us those next steps that we need to take, and Father, our lives will be changed. And it's my prayer this morning that each person in here's life will be different in 2020 because they're staying connected to you, they're bearing fruit, and Father, as they're bearing fruit and honoring and pleasing you, you'll change their world. And I believe that, God, with all of my heart, that's what you'll do, because you are a faithful God, and your word teaches that. Also pray for the person right now, Father, who may be here that doesn't know Jesus. Father, that's the very beginning point of this, of knowing him. And would you burden their heart? Would you convict them about their next step of Jesus? And at the end of this service, I pray they'd find one of our prayer encouragers. They would come over and visit us at VIP. That, Father, we could talk with them about beginning that journey with Jesus and taking that next step and, Father, beginning to bear fruit in their own life as they draw near to you and connect to him. Father, again, I thank you for our time. I thank you that you're a God of plans, of purposes. You're a God that your word tells us you're about abundant life. And I pray we would experience that and you would help us understand the importance of staying connected to the vine so that we can bear the fruit you desire. Thank you for our time today. Would you use it, Father, for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. In Jesus' name, amen.